Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. Hey, one more thing. Did you know that one of the biggest nutrient deficiencies that I see in people, especially women, is a magnesium deficiency? It's because we burn through the super mineral so quickly. Now, this powerful mineral packs a massive punch because magnesium is involved in over 600 reactions in the body. Now, it is your best friend if you need more energy, better sleep, a faster metabolism, improved digestion, and not to mention happier periods. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my Essentially Whole Magnesium Restore Supplement made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code PODCAST and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. Now I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. Let's face it. Sometimes it feels like no matter what you do, no matter how hard your workouts are, no matter how detailed your food journal is, the stubborn weight just won't budge. And for many, that extra weight is hanging out in the midsection. Between bloating and jeans that don't fit by 5 p.m. that day, battling belly fat can be more than just trying to fit into your favorite pair of pants. It can be the cause of system-wide inflammation. The research is crystal clear. Belly fat is dangerous. So what role does food play when it comes to belly fat and inflammation? And how can we be more aware of what we put into our bodies to reverse that inflammation, reverse the high blood sugar and the elevated insulin levels that lead to the belly fat to begin with? Well, this is the topic that I plan to dive in today because over 80% of us are dealing with unexplained weight gain, bloating, belly fat, and system-wide inflammation that can spread like wildfire to various systems of the body. Now, here's an alarming truth that we didn't realize until very recently. Over 90% of non-diabetics experience high blood sugar spikes. A 2018 Stanford study really changed the game. The study showed that almost all non-diabetics experience diabetic significant spikes of over 140 milligrams per deciliter from common everyday foods like rice, grapes, granola, and oatmeal. Now, these spikes cause a range of short and long-term health issues from hormonal imbalances to menstrual cycle issues to feeling depleted and moody. Now, once we understand how food causes blood sugar spikes and insulin resistance and inflammation overall, we can make changes accordingly and we can significantly lessen the risk for serious chronic diseases caused by poor blood sugar levels and insulin resistance to major root cause players in hormone issues, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and even dementia. Now, today's episode is going to be a bit hard hitting because there are truths that we are simply not being told. And I believe that knowledge is power. And I hope to share some great research with you today to really uncover what I feel is one of the biggest issues we're struggling with. Now, almost as insidious as chronic stresses on the body is being on a constant blood sugar roller coaster, driving crazy glucose spikes in the blood because every time we spike our blood sugar, we create an inflammatory response. We create an SOS response that our body has to respond to. To put it bluntly, every time you eat dessert on its own or have a pumpkin spice latte with a gluten-free muffin in the morning or sushi rolls for dinner, you are potentially spiking your blood sugar past 140 milligrams per deciliter and creating an SOS signal in the body, driving an inflammatory cascade and often forcing insulin to become a fat storage hormone. And the place that we put that is often in our belly fat. 
That's where it goes first, right? I wish it went to our booty, but it doesn't. <laughs> At the very least, the more often we spike our blood sugar, we are raising our fasting blood sugar levels along with driving insulin resistance. So if you go to the doctor every year and you start to see a steady rise of fasting blood sugar, it is definitely worth taking note and paying attention to today's content. Now, if you want to further understand the role of insulin resistance on our hormones and our body, I highly, highly recommend going back and checking out episode 354. The topic was, what is an insulin block? So basically, what is insulin resistance and how does it impact our ability to handle carbs? And now I go into the nitty gritty of the mechanisms of our metabolism, our blood sugar, how insulin works. I mean, everything you could possibly want to know on the topic is in episode 354. 54. I will have the link in the show notes to go and listen to it. And today I want to highlight foods that have been marketed as pretty healthy, but they are 100% causing blood sugar spikes in many of us without our awareness. Now, even a little bit of some of these foods have a profound impact on our blood sugar. So today I want to share with you five foods that claim to be on the healthy list, but actually end up spiking our blood sugar and messing with our metabolism more often than we think. Now, here's the thing. You may already know some of these or many of these foods that are concerning when it comes to blood sugar spikes and inflammation. But I want you to go and gut check how often you make exceptions, even when you may know they're causing metabolic stress or have a suspicion that they're causing metabolic distress. And when it comes to some of these foods, it's not just the processed sugar, it's the ultra processed ingredients. Now see, the problem with ultra processed foods is that during the processing making of these foods, they reduce the beneficial health promoting properties of the food like vitamins and fiber, and they concentrate the more damaging parts of the food like refined sugar. They damage the structure of the compounds in the food that make them disease promoting like oxidized fats and add stabilizers, preservatives, artificial synthetic chemicals to make them more palatable and more shelf stable. Now the name of the game when it comes to nourishing our bodies with food is the less processed, the better. Remember, food serves two main purposes. It's the building blocks of every single part of your cell and body, and we need good building blocks to have structurally, functionally sound bodies, right? Always be thinking, this is what I'm gonna be putting into my future brain. Is this gonna serve my future brain? We should be thinking like that. Second, food is molecular information that tells our body what to do changing gene expression, being a part of cell signaling pathways, triggering hormones. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I think we gotta be thinking like that. Is the food that I'm about to put in my body going to move my genes in the right direction or move them in the other direction, right? Are they gonna be feeding my brain and my neurons in the right direction or are they gonna be causing inflammation down the road? And let me tell you, it is very, very hard to find food products on the grocery store shelves that are processed free and contain no weird ingredients like soy lectins, sugar alcohols, refined sugar, seed oils, soy, corn, emulsifiers, flavorings, and colorings. Believe me, I have scoured the store for boxed items and it is so hard. And best believe when you do find them, because there are definitely some companies and we are definitely upgrading our snacks and upgrading our food in the stores, you're gonna be paying a premium for these products. Hence the recommendation to stay around the perimeter where the veggies and fruits are, right? Because when you go down those aisles, I mean, oh my goodness, it is mind blowing the amount of ultra processed ingredients on every single one of those items. So without further ado, 
here's my list of five foods plus a bonus because I can never really stay within my five, let's say six foods that are being marketed as healthy, but in the end really aren't. So first one on the docket is salad dressings and other condiments like ketchup and sauces. Let me tell you, if it's on the shelf with the exception of the company Primal Kitchen, it probably contains added sugar, preservatives, and seed oils. You gotta really look at the label, look at the ingredients, even the, the like what is considered super healthy. Take a look. My recommendation is make it from scratch at home, especially your salad dressings. For us, it is often red wine vinegar, or it is a champagne vinegar, or it is apple cider vinegar, and a really, really good sourced olive oil with a little bit of lemon juice and some salt and pepper. And if you're looking for vinaigrette recipes, I have a ton in my EO Menopause Solution book. Number two, crackers, popcorn, even rice cakes. And I'm talking about gluten-free options and ones that definitely say, you know, low carb, you know, grain-free, I don't know, all the different things that these types of products definitely try to promote. For me, I know this is a no-brainer for many of us, but sometimes clever to marketing can really get the best of us. Now, two companies that are making decent crackers that I will actually give Kingston are Brad's. Um, Brad's makes veggie crackers and they don't even heat it. They actually air dry them. And then Hue, you guys know I love Hue chocolate, but Hue also makes crackers as well that don't contain any weird ingredients. So something to consider. Number three, oatmeal and granola and also cereals, even keto cereals, even high protein options. Here's the deal. Often considered a very go-to healthy breakfast, oatmeal, even granola surprises many people as a mega glucose spiker. And I think that's a lot to do with the fact that the Diabetes Association has been claiming that oatmeal is a diabetes-friendly food. It is not. And here's the deal, is that highly processed instant or rolled varieties break down more quickly, leading to a sharp blood sugar rise. And when you look at the flavored varieties, they also contain sweeteners. Um, and this also, I mean, this goes for granola too. This goes for keto cereal. Honestly, all of it, in order to make it, it had to be highly processed. So it is a no-go as far as I'm concerned. Number four, protein bars. Cliff Bars, Luna, Kind, RX Bars, Quest Bars, Keto Bars, whatever, whatever bars. One of the biggest surprises for me was protein bars. There wasn't one protein bar I tried that didn't mega spike me into the diabetic range. And that's the case for most people, especially when you eat them on their own. So I know you want to think that it's a healthy option. It's a quick option. Definitely better than a Snickers bar. But let me tell you, it's probably hitting almost as hard as a Snickers bar. And I know this was something that I fell victim to for years because I would grab a Kind Bar or a Luna Bar or a Cliff Bar or something, even RX Bars, it doesn't matter, I've tried them all. They'll hit the system so hard, they cause a major inflammatory spike. Plus a lot of the ingredients on these bars, if you take a look at them, not good at all. I don't care if they're claiming to be gluten-free, I don't care if they're claiming to be dairy-free. At the end of the day, it's really hard to make a protein bar that is, <laughs> I mean, I guess, Maybe beef jerky, <laughs> that would be the ultimate protein bar. But look out for that too, because a lot of beef jerky has a ton of sugar in it. Number five, asahi bowls and smoothies that contain added fruit, granola, juices, honey. Honestly, the list goes on. Here's the thing about asahi bowls, and this broke my heart because I live in San Diego and there are sexy asahi bowl places everywhere. Asahi berries are technically low in sugar. They're about two to three grams per hundred grams. 
loaded with tons of antioxidants. They definitely hit on the ORAC scale. They're one of the best um, antioxidant rich foods ever. But in order to combat that bitter taste, often places are going to add juices, bananas, mangoes, honey, sweetened nut milks, shooting sugar through the roof. Like an, an average acai bowl at any place is probably going to run you about 50 grams of sugar. That is definitely going to spike your blood sugar. Also smoothies. I'll tell you what, like half a banana in a smoothie, a ton of berries, you know, it just adds up. Some dates, right? (laughs) Um, You got to be careful because when we blend up, whether it's an acai bowl or it's a smoothie or even a juice, when you blend up and you pulverize that fiber, there's really nothing to combat the sugar from hitting the bloodstream really, really fast. It was heartbreaking to know that there were years that I was drinking sugar bombs from my green smoothies. I thought that I was doing a good thing, it ended up not being. And this is the thing I wanna really emphasize today is that often we're just so unaware of this. We think we're really doing a great thing. And unfortunately, it's affecting us in a way that we're not aware of. And here's the deal. If you do love making smoothies, I have a sweet little gift for you at the end of the episode because I have figured out, I've cracked the code on how to make a blood sugar friendly smoothie that really delivers a lot of nutrient dense ingredients. That's really going to help you feel full. It's really going to help you feel satisfied and so easy to make. So I'm almost done with this. Listen to the end and I have a sweet gift for you. You're going to see it in the show notes as well. Bonus, which is number six, is noodle soups like ramen, pho, and chicken noodle soup, especially if they come in a can or a box. I mean, have you looked at chicken noodle soup boxes or cans or plastic containers? Ah, it is scary. Now, these are three very distinct foods, but what's happening, the spike is mostly coming from the same culprit, and that is noodles. Noodles, even rice noodles, are processed foods. I mean, how did they even become noodles? That's what you got to ask yourself. Made with refined grains that tend to spike blood sugar for many, many, many people. So my recommendation is make soup at home and cut the noodles, right? You can make a yummy chicken veggie soup. You can make a yummy chicken veggie bean soup, right? There's a lot of different ways to do that. We're going to make a yummy chicken veggie soup this weekend ourselves, but we're going to make it from scratch and there's going to be no noodles. There may be some noodles. I found these really amazing lentil noodles at our farmer's market. It's just lentils and water and we love to give those to Kingston. But Alex and I will probably just stick with the chicken and the veggies. So again, it's as important to note that although food Foods may seem and may be marketed as super healthy, healthy for the flu, healthy for being sick, healthy for your breakfast. You know, a lot of these foods we're using every day or they've become a part of our everyday landscape and they are causing harm. Now, what do a lot of these foods have in common? Not all of them, but a lot of them is they all cause an inflammatory response in the body due to extra preservatives, artificial flavors and fillers, processed and added sugars, unhealthy and inflammatory seed oils, high fructose corn syrup, or some other derivative of that, sodium benzoate, potassium bromate, caramel, and other colorings. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. Did you know that up to 75% of the foods found in the grocery store contain these ingredients or something similar? meaning that they are highly ultra processed. And many have added sugars that we aren't always paying attention to. Even ones that say low sugar or low carb, they're still bringing the sugar business. And here's a not so fun fact. Did you know that the average American gets almost 61% of calories from ultra processed foods? (gasps) Oh my goodness. 
That's what I'm talking about. These highly processed foods are pro-inflammatory from all the sugar, the trans fats, the salt, the refined flour, the additives and preservatives. Honestly, the ingredients that you can't pronounce, that's the problem. And what we know is that when we are consuming these highly processed foods, we are at risk, right, for disease or premature mortality by a lot. Several studies show that people who eat a mostly highly processed food diet have higher risk for cardiovascular disease, depression, and all-cause mortality. Basically, any and all of the big chronic disease players, autoimmune disease, obesity, diabetes, dementia, cardiovascular disease, this, is, this falls all into that category. Now, adding insult to injury, and this is what is really, really annoying, is when you eat these foods, you accidentally jump on the blood sugar roller coaster, and guess what? You want more of them. Your body, and most importantly, your brain, literally starts to crave them. And it's not your fault if you're craving them at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. They're designed to be addictive. That's the name of the game. So what can you do? I want to give you four simple tips that I think can really move the needle. First and foremost, become label savvy. Like it's second nature. Like anytime you pick something up, you are looking at the ingredient list especially. I scour labels and I would say 95% of the time, they are a no-go. They are a full body hell no because the ingredients is full of inflammatory nastiness. And I'll tell you what, what I get sucked into initially is the marketing. I'm like, oh, okay, those look like the words I'm looking for. That looks like, you know, that kind of, you know, rings a bell of like, this may be okay. And then I turn it over and I look at the ingredient list and I'm just like, uh-uh, and put it right back, right? Don't get sucked into that marketing. Like if you do get sucked in, check over that label, check over that ingredient list, and then put that sucker back down. You don't even need to look at the nutritional value, but by all means, do so as well. Go straight to the, the sugars and then go to the ingredients. That's what I look at when I literally like put something back. Okay, next is number two. Buy foods that have five ingredients or less, or even better yet, buy foods that don't have an ingredient list at all. The best way to really know that you're focusing on foods that are whole nutrient-dense foods is paying attention to the conveyor belt at the checkout line. Your stuff, right? You look at your stuff. Is it 90% of your foods real food, right? Fruits, veggies, nuts, beans, frozen cauliflower, sustainable meat, eggs, and fish. Like, can you look at that conveyor belt and say to yourself, like, okay, this is the type of food I want my future brain to represent. You know what I'm saying? And if it isn't, start making changes. Start swapping out the processed stuff for the real stuff. That is the name of the game. And again, you just want to get a good eye on it. I feel I do a better job on the conveyor belt than I do in the basket because everything kind of gets stacked on top of each other. So the conveyor belt is where the truth lies. All right, number three, learn to spot a glucose spike on any nutritional label on packaged food. Now, recently, I devoted an entire episode on this topic and I highly recommend going and checking out. I'm gonna have the link in the show notes for this very short episode, I think it's like 10 minutes, where you really can learn how to spot a glucose spike, even on stuff that just seems so healthy, like almost too good to be true, mm -mm, you'll know. And then number four, Find a great shopping list that focuses on nutrient-dense foods. Now, if you want a great resource, look no further than my last book, The Essential Oils Menopause Solution. Here's the thing about this book is part three is where the treasure is at. It's got a 21-day hormone makeover program. I give you a full meal plan. 
I give you a shopping list. I give you a gang of recipes to boot. And honestly, it's everything you need to get started or at the very least to have a reference guide for. When you do this 21 day program, you are a different person on the other side. And if you're like me, and you absolutely love smoothies because they are so easy and they can really pack a big nutrition punch, but you don't want to be spiking your blood sugar. I do want to hook you up with my smoothie and shake recipe guide designed to keep your blood sugar stable to support your gut and your liver. They're like my sexy detox smoothies and they are so easy to make. So again, I will have the link for the guide in the show notes, or you can just go to drmarisa.com slash smoothie guide and you can grab it right there. Whew. All right. We did it. If you are loving these tips today, be sure to subscribe to the show for more easy tips to heal your hormones and upgrade your health. And if there's someone that needs to hear this again, how many, how much of our, of the average American gets 61% of calories from ultra processed foods. Best believe, you know, someone in your life who's probably nailing that number, right? If there's someone that you want to gently know about that, or you feel it can really benefit from this episode, screenshot it, send it via text message and let them know, share it on Instagram, do what you got to do, right? That way we continue to spread the word about hormone literacy and really help to support each other. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.